Wanders, and welcome to Gamer Noob. Today, we're going to be talking about how to create a compelling character. I'm Cody. I'm Mandy. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Zach. And we are never going to do that in the right order. Well, we're out of order right now based are on we? where we're sitting. Oh, did we so. just go in person sitting yeah. order? Yeah. It's a is theater that what, game now is what it is. <laughs> is that what we've always done? It's that no. awful no. counting game. We yeah. usually do. You do Cody, then me. Because we we do we started the let's play, so we introduce ourselves first right, usually. Right. But in this, we just went in order. Guys, we succeeded though. It was really clear until we spent like five minutes. Right, talking and about it was it. only like slight pauses. No one would have known. Well, I noticed, and it bothered me. Anyways, we're talking about how to create a com- com- Anyways, we're talking about how to create a compelling character in an RPG. Yeah. So, who has thoughts on it first? Because I have a lot. You always have a lot. I always do have a lot and I talk too much, so someone else needs to say something. I think it's worth mentioning whether you do it by yourself or in a group. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a yeah, lot of difference. That's true. And when you first start, I think Star Wars was the first time that we did character creation in a group because before we were just like doing Pathfinder and we were like getting to know each other and like practicing not being ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure. in a game with and friends. I- I think in, like, Pathfinder, I don't want to say that we almost, in a way, had better group unity simply because we had none, and there was, like, no <laughs> right. motivation. So We it, were there... all on a very level playing field of, like, oh, I, I'm, I'm not talking as Caitlyn now, you know? Well, and I mean, like, my character's motivation was go stab that guy. Right. And that was the extent, you know yeah. what I mean? It's really easy to have party unity when everyone's party, uh, or everyone's goal is just... Kill the monster the DM says to kill. Right, yeah. Um, so Star Wars was the first one where we sat down and said, like, okay, we're going to have a party. Like, what is everybody thinking about? What do yeah. you want to do? And I remember that being, like, super, super fun and exciting to have it yeah. all, like, mesh and, like, watch it all mesh. Yeah. And, like, I wasn't creating a character. because So I was just I just get to watch the magic happen. Yeah. And that was really fun. For sure, because I just got to do that, and it mm-hmm. was great. And I think the thing that makes it the most powerful is that you can develop character relationships right away and you're not just strangers thrown together and you have to go through like meeting and awkward social stuff at the beginning you can just have a prior relationship and have how you relate to them and have who's the newbie right. and all that. Because if there's one thing that everyone loves in real life, it's awkward icebreakers. So yeah. <laughs> you better just have that be episode one of any right. RPG. Oh. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you all meet in a bar. How do you meet? Like, I wouldn't. I don't know. Right, yeah. <laughs> My favorite is always when you start with people who it's their first time playing and their first character's like Aragorn. Everyone's Aragorn. Or Legolas. Or if yeah. you do if yeah, you yeah, yeah. Elf, yeah. But even if they start Legolas, everyone's first meeting is like, what are you doing? I'm sitting in a dark corner brooding. Oh, 100%. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't care what character you play after that. Everyone's, especially if you're like high school teenagers. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? We're all in different corners brooding. <laughs> There's 10 of you. We're all brooding in different corners. <laughs> so to be fair, the first time my brother played like a character when he wasn't running a game, he uh, was a halfling uh, rogue that was pretending to be a wizard oh, and his uh, character yeah. introduction was hilarious because he was like a showman so he really <laughs> leaned into that and it was hilarious but yeah i think it's important though when you do group building is to remember just by being present with a group doesn't mean you're actually building a character as a group yeah, yeah. like yeah. going back to star wars where it was a lot better than like it was really cool and exciting we all didn't do a ton together in that. We had, we had some, but a lot of us came in with a lot, like, 
our characters very very flesh out. Like I me was going to say, yeah, we had we had like especially I had like a fully done character and right. then showed up there and we kind of like made it fit. Right. Okay. And we like we did the like the number crunching together and balance the sum, but like I came in and was like this is my character, this is their backstory. How do we make the numbers fit? Right. It wasn't like like for our Crystal Heart, which we just recorded, where we all like we all had like an archetype we kind of were thinking about. Right. And it's like I have a character, like I said, I want to be a character who's more defensive and more supporty. Yeah. And that's all I had. I didn't have personality. I didn't have stuff. And then we talked. We had like a session pre-zero where we just kind of all like chatted like, what is everyone thinking? Yeah. And some RPGs are really good about having questions to get you thinking about character relationships. For sure. Like Crystal Heart did, or was that you? No, that was Crystal Heart. No, that was that was, that was Crystal. That was, that was Savage Worlds. No, it was Crystal Heart. That was, Crystal that was added so by Crystal, Crystal Heart. Crystal Heart okay. had some nice relationship things to start you thinking and then what was the other one um the watch yeah had you had some questions yes. to make you think about how you relate to other characters because that one's all about like party relationships. Well, yeah that's like the whole game and i think that's actually a really good place to to say like if if you're a new GM or you find that you, whatever, if, or if it's a new group or like whatever the situation is, you're creating a new party. I think that's honestly probably one of the best things you can do. Like based off of our experiences with creating new parties, having you just sit down and I realize this is more party creation than character creation, but like sitting down and being like, okay, what do these two characters share? Like, what what are your ambitions? Who are your enemies? Like, that kind of thing. I think that just helps so much in, in just, like, you're not developing, uh, like, personalities per se, but it's, like, having the goals set in place, I think, can help drive where your personality comes from as a character. Mm-hmm. And thinking about background yeah. feeds into that, too. And, like, even if you have, if you, like, get together as a party and you have established at least like one connection that you have with another party member, then you can, it makes it a lot easier to role play off of that and springboard off of that and then develop other relationships with the rest of the party. So like in Voyage of Vagabonds, like having Franny and Mela both like be related and like come from the same area helps as like, you're like sort of a unit, but you have your own like history. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually will say, I think so far, at least personally, um, and we haven't we haven't started Crystal Hearts yet, which I'm really excited about. Um, sorry, Crystal Heart yet, which I'm very excited about. But um, in terms of character development, I think Voyage of Vagabonds is actually right now. Mela is my favorite developed character because I came into I I had no idea when we did our party creation. I had no idea what I even wanted Mela to be. Mm-hmm. I had a name, yeah, <laughs> and that was it. And I was like. I don't, I don't really even know what I want to do. I like, I I don't really have a goal or an end thing with her at all. So I think really like we rolled up the character and, uh, I, I, I picked Druid and I had the cousin relationship with, uh, Franny. But other than that, like she's really just developed over gameplay because I had almost nothing for her. Mm -hmm. So it's really been fun to see her, that character grow a lot from from just the basics. Yeah. Is it so is there anything you guys consciously do when like after you've created your character and you're playing and you're developing a personality and stuff that like makes you more connected to the world or more connected to the party or <laughs> I know Cody sort of does. 
first uh, opposite gender NPC. I'm in love with them. Well, <laughs> I was actually I was actually gonna say yeah. There's like a a part of me that it's not necessarily just like first like NPC that I could possibly have a romantic interest in. I have a romantic interest in, but like in Star Wars, that kind of happened just because it was like. Like I think you said it was even like like you got the idea from the character of Dex, <laughs> not Dex, whatever, <laughs> or Dax or whatever. We had too many of those three letter D names. Anyways, yeah. you got that idea like it was like a drawing in one of the books, right? Yeah, it was just like an art, and I was like, oh okay, this is a random, and I need three. I'm having three NPCs that are gonna uh, be part of this pirate crew. Yeah, this is her. And That's it. Like. <sighs> Kelko kind of like fell flat on what I wanted to do with Kelko, um, which was that like I kind of wanted him to be like the uh, like half of the time be the world's most interesting man. Like whenever he was like talking to, he would like put on the airs of being like a really smooth guy, but then like once he got home, he was like like a gross Rodian. Um, but that like never like really happened. You got it, the gross Rodian part. Yeah, <laughs> it just ended up being gross Rodian all the time, which is fine. It was just not like what I had originally planned. Which is whatever, but like, I think for, and this is kind of past character creation, but like when you want to make your character engage with the world, your DM can only do, or GM or whatever, can only do so much to get you involved. At some point, you also have to take like a step to being involved. And sometimes that's just pick an NPC and care about them in character. You know what I mean? So like the reason that like, I was like, okay, so like, I want Kelko to be invested in this world, so I just picked something for him to be invested in, and that mm-hmm. happened to be this character that he met that he was like, oh, she's really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Franny, the same thing, where like, I wanted Franny to be invested in the world, so the way that that happened was he considers himself to be like a knight in shining armor and a hero mm-hmm. that goes on adventures, and like, in my head, Franny's a, like the type of person that probably read a lot of books about knights. Mm-hmm. And heard a lot of stories about what it meant to be a knight. And that fully informs what he thinks a knight is. Mm-hmm. So when he sees, like, oh, there's a damsel in distress in his head, that's like, oh, like, this is, like, my moment to shine mm-hmm. and do the real knight thing. Mm-hmm. But then he's just nervous because, you know, he's <laughs> Franny. Um, so, yeah, I think that part of character creation in the game is, like, finding elements of the world to, like, consciously invest in. Even if you could go like, oh, well, that's not exactly what my character would really, really be. It's like, just like find something in the world that you can hook onto. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, it wasn't exactly what your DM had planned, it gives you reasons for your actions, I think. Mm-hmm. And like with Franny, he cares about the other, what all the NPCs think because he's like trying to like tell them about Constantina, his goddess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that means that he automatically cares about talking to NPCs. Right. You know, he's not just like brooding in the corner like we talked about he has a reason to talk to people and he had an immediate goal that could be done easily Mm -hmm. you know he needs the world to be a character right 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 yeah well you you want you want a character that wants to interact with the world and that's not saying you can't be a brooding character like a good example is like wolverine wolverine's a brooding character in comics but he even though he says he doesn't want to interact with anything He's always interacting with the world. Right. So if you want to be like a brooding, darker character, you can do that. You just can't be like, well, I don't care about any of this. You have to intrinsically care about the world you're right. in. There has to be something. I feel like there has to be something that your character is holding on to. Right. There's something that grounds them. I know uh, in terms for me with Mela, like 
I, I first tried to do the religion thing because that seemed to be a big theme in the game. And so I was like, oh, okay. So if Mela cares about this religion, like, oh, then she's going to like start fitting in with the world more. But the more like we played, it was like, oh no, it's the shape shifting. And it's like that kind of thing that's going to really make her care, like caring about different animals. Like that's what's going to really put her in this world. So it's, if there's just like one thing... One thing it doesn't have to be a person or an animal. Mm-hmm. Even it could just be, I really care about this sword. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna help. But yeah, going back to like actual character creation, like the way I come up with the first char- characters whenever is uh, similar to what Cody does. Is like what sounds interesting in combination to what have I not done before? Like the next DD character I want to play is a warlock cleric because I think that sounds Ooh. awesome. Someone who's like. Yeah, I worship a god, but I also made a deal with a devil. <laughs> and how that would like play on itself or like why you'd be like why would you do both of those? And I want like a character that sounds interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's also I haven't played a ton of clerics, so it'd be more enjoyable for me. Yep. I know you've mentioned in the past Cody that uh you tend to uh find quirks or something that sounds interesting to play and that's what kind of at least starts the character thought yeah i think a lot of what i do when i make a character is in some way like like a little bit of a subversion of what like the thing is so like there's a part of me that always has a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth when i play like a well like so franny is a a paladin right and like the image that you have of a paladin is this really like confident imposing like almost like half priest half knight like religious figure that is like the most intimidating thing ever and is like very confident in his beliefs and so then i'm like yeah but like that's a level 20 paladin so what's a level one paladin looks like that is not that yet? And it's like, oh, I'm Franny. Hi, I can't read the book that I'm worshiping. And it's like, so all of the things that he is in some ways are like, I don't just want to say a parody, but it's like, it gives him the room to grow into something instead of just you take be- an ideal and then take it down. <laughs> right, to real right, right. Life. Yeah. Be a Picard, not a Riker. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually something that I've like, it doesn't bother me in terms of character creation, but I, I find it like if you're creating a character that's supposedly been doing this for so long and for some reason you're at level one, like this is this is just for me like a detriment of character creation where it's like, yes, my elf has been wandering the wilderness for years and has been adventuring, but then you're like, you can only do x y and z yeah so i know a lot of my characters more recently have been like start at the bottom there's a reason they are you give them a character reason for the mechanics yeah well in D and D's defense being level one is kind of amazing because like you while you the idea is that you weren't actively fighting but you were training your skills so like when you have a skill in 18 that's like olympic athlete level of a skill right oh yeah so when so when like nyx has like an 18 in wisdom She's one of the, like, most wise people in every town she walks into. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying, like, there is, like, I'm not hating on character creation. Yeah, no, I, that, for me, just especially in terms of her personality and goals, is something that I'm, like, it's it's the giving the yeah. character room to grow. Right. Yeah, I know. And, and I, I think, understand what you're saying. It's just, I've thought about it long and hard after you mentioned it. I'm like, I agree. And then I thought about it really long and hard for a long time. <laughs> and, like, this is where I've come to. It makes sense. It's just, 
you have to work your way around to it making sense. It's not apparent yeah. immediately. Yeah. And I think realistically, like with D and D and character creation, it there is in some way that flaw that like when you tell someone to make a character for a fantasy setting, they they don't make a Samwise Gamgee very often. Mm-hmm. And that's a level one character probably. They make like an Aragorn because that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But then like you do end up being Aragorn who spends his time for like the first couple of missions going around like punching wolves and fighting baby goblins and almost dying because like the the book scales to your character um but it's a growth game so you kind of have to have that there you know what i mean and like oh of course D is a growth game in a more extreme way than something like savage worlds is like there's leveling but you start out pretty good like you start yeah. out better than you are in D at level one like yeah. immediately you're just like you're an adventurer that goes on adventures for the most part Every game other than D&D that I've played, leveling is mostly insignificant. Yeah, I think that... that or not insignificant, but not as significant in D&D, where it's right. like, D&D, you feel stronger every time you level, and you feel yeah. cooler, and you get new abilities. It's like, oh, now I get this new, really cool thing to do, or yeah. I get new spells, or... When every other game is like, you just kind of level up when you have experience, and you... It's, it's a little up. bit secondary, Yeah. And I think that that's intentional, because D&D is a really good example of a game where you have to level a lot, but that's not the only way to play a game. Right, and I have no problem with that. Um, And I think it's always interesting when you tie your character development to the mechanics of D&D, like leveling. And we've kind of done that, I think especially with Mela. Um, And Franny. Mela and Franny are pretty... I think all of us. So that when they level, it's like, you usually try to work in, like, um, narratively why you're doing better or it's like or you make yourself like purposely worse at something until you get better yeah yeah which i know we were With, talking like, about shape shifting yeah we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording where mela um i i specifically decided that she gets nothing back when uh she shape shifts right now and that might change eventually but like the idea is shape-shifting is so powerful, at least for her at the moment, that when she gets back, it's like, okay, it forces me as a player to be creative and figure out, oh, okay, well, what can I do now that I can't shape-shift? And, like, we, I'm sure, you know, our lovely DM over here would let me... uh find something or eventually get my sword back if it really was an issue. But it's kind of fun to be able to be like, well... I can just punch something, I guess. <laughs> I'm not going to punish you for good role-playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it like, also, like you said, like, coming up with creative solutions, it makes you rely on your party more. Mm-hmm. And in one way, that's like, oh, no, that's, like, a tactical detriment to our ability to, like, crush our enemies. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily 100% always the point. <laughs> I think it makes it more fun, yeah. too. Like- <laughs> And yeah. you're, you're going to find out more about your character if you put them in tough situations. Yes. For sure. Well, I mean... Without talking about what the last session we recorded, I feel like that's more memorable than a lot of other fights that we've just normally had. Like, do you guys remember the first fight you guys had, or the fight against the snake people? I remember there were snake people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like I like legitimately did like the fights that I remember are ones where stuff like either goes wrong or goes really well. So or the we dra- like- the dragon guy where we almost died. Yeah, <laughs> right. But like that's the stuff that's more fun and more memorable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like. Have your character make mistakes. Make a character with flaws. It's more fun to play a character that can't talk and have to mumble everything mm-hmm. than playing High Prince of the Realm who is disposed. But I mean, if that's what you want to play, 
There is no wrong character creation, in my opinion. Yeah. The only wrong character creation you can do is if someone forces you to be something you don't want to be. Right, yeah. And that's, like... This kind of goes to, like, party creation is, like, a thing that I've, like... When I'm running a game, I never get why a party is, like, so concerned with, like, oh, we gotta have at least one healer, and we need at least one mage, and we need at least one fighter, and if we don't have those roles, we're, like, definitely gonna die, and I'm, like... I am definitely not going to kill you guys. That's what you got healing potions for. Yeah, like, I'll make healing potions in the world. You'll find a magic healing guy. Like, you'll take rests, whatever. But, like, I never want to, like... If someone's like, man, I really want to be a rogue in a group of rogues, I'm not going to be like, well... Now you guys are now you guys are gonna fall into my snake pit full of poison that you can't help. Like, no, nah, right. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, and I yeah, think it's that, up to the GM to scale it to right the players and like what have stuff for people that they're good at and yeah. not have everything be the total opposite of what they're good at. And I think from like a GM perspective, when you are helping characters uh, or when helping your players create their characters, like. Not only making a game that matches them, but before you, like, start really planning your game, understanding what they want Mm -hmm. and making sure they kind of have some idea. Because, like, with the Savage World stuff that we've been doing, I talked to all of you guys a lot before I started planning anything and before we even rolled our characters. Like, I kind of had an idea for each one of you. Like, Mm -hmm. no stats, no numbers, just, like, what do you want your character to kind of look like and how can we get this to work as a group? Um. And so, like, from the GM, it's helpful to know all those things so you can cater the game. Yeah, as a side note, definitely recommend a session zero. Oh, like, no, that, that, I could not recommend that highly enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. only from now on, like, I will not create characters without people being there. Yeah, and even, like, I don't want to say, like, it's sort of, like, weird to say, like, a pre-session zero, but, like... Well, yeah. Make a character before you make all the numbers, for sure. Well, like, our pre-session zero, to define what we did, is, like, after recording one of our Voyage of Vagabonds one night, we're like, okay, we're going to spend 15 minutes and just talk about what our characters want to be. Right. Because for some of us, myself included, it's hard to just be like, okay, we're making a character, but don't think about it beforehand. Right. You know, it's like, either I think about it beforehand or I don't make a character. Yeah. Yeah. And or, let it percolate a little bit. Yeah, or if you, like, and, and only because I've come into the situation without a character before. Like, even if you aren't super sure exactly what you want to do, like you said before, make sure you pick a character that you think you would at least have fun playing. Like, I thought at least I'll have fun as a druid, even if I don't know what I want to do with <laughs> her yet. Yeah. So, you know, I think it does make it easier if you come into the session zero with, like, maybe a preconceived, like, this is kind of what I want to do. Yeah, like an outline. Yeah, and yeah. kind of an outline, and then you can sit down with the group, find out what everyone else wants to do. If you got to make changes, you got to make changes. Like, that's the thing, is I think being flexible throughout the whole campaign is really good, but especially in that session zero where it's like, okay, but what does everybody want to do? How are we going to mesh? Because if you got... I don't want to use the chaotic evil, but if you got someone who like wants to kill everybody that they meet versus somebody who wants to help everyone, something's not going to mesh. So you got to like be able to talk with your party and be like, okay, look, we can't do that. And I think that was part of like the issues that we had with Star Wars sometimes was like, we did make our characters as a group somewhat. And that was helpful. Like it would have been way worse if we hadn't. But I think that, like, 
some of our characters just had like inherently different motives mm-hmm. and different i and like i think partially as players we had different ideas about what the game was going to be even you know what i mean yeah and i think some of that and like i don't want to like throw shade on the star wars books but i'm gonna throw a little bit of shade on the star wars books <laughs> and say that it's stupid that they made three books they should have made one book there's one yeah. book worth of content in there and well if they're if they were being good game designers, they would have looked at like half of their content and been like, half of these characters are unplayable, like realistically, because in, unless you're going to have a game where legitimately all you do is go around and have political talks, there's an entire like, there's like an entire tree of people that you cannot even play as. Okay, but here's the thing. I, I, okay, I'm going to defend Star Wars. I then. opened a can of worms. Yeah, because I love Star Wars and I love, I actually really love the system. I think you can do that though if you have like the right party to do that with and you have the right idea of a game. That's the big thing is you have to understand the game that you're going into. You have to understand the party that you're with. If you're playing with a bunch of Jedis who want to kill everyone or save everyone, (laughs) maybe, you know, you're... uh, Maybe your rogue pirate isn't going to fit in very well. Right, and I think that's the issue with like having the three separate books where like... Well, the books don't mesh together. Like You're like, oh, it's all Star Wars and they all use the same core mechanics. But they're... It would be easier to blend like Pathfinder and D and D five E mechanics than it is to blend st- like the Star Wars books together. I think it's the issue of like the books. So here's what I'll give Star Wars is like props the the books each have their own tone. Yes, right. and so when you make it's like so when I made a character, I made a super piratey pirate character based on the first one that came because out because it was smugglers, and I was like, yeah, I want like a Jack Sparrowy. He's like mm-hmm. a bad person, slimy pirate, right? Yeah. But then, like, maybe what they needed was like separate flavor texts. But then it felt like you could play from characters from any book and like mesh them together. But then it just made weird tonal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I don't know, but it. Well, well, and that I think would have helped with a lot more communication between us as players. Between us and you as the DM, Caitlin, yeah. or GM, and and like just, I feel like Star Wars probably more communication and actually taking those fifteen minutes after a session and being like, okay, yeah, well, like what do we want? What's the next <laughs> step here? Because really, I I have I personally have no problem with the metagaming of figuring out what your character wants mm-hmm. and being able to go from there to make a game enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, Kelko and Kava, in particular, you guys were like. There's not really a narrative reason for Kava to stay right now. We should have a scene. Yeah. And make that fit in the game. And I think that strengthened things a lot, both because you got to develop your character and really think about like, oh, what does my character want? She doesn't want to stay here unless she has a reason. Yeah. And that, like, I think that really developed Kava and Kalko for them to both be like, well, I want you to stay and... I guess I'm going to stay. You know, like, I have a reason now to stay. I don't have a reason to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped it a lot. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely think, like, that metagamey part of, like, if you look at RPGs as, like, more than just, like, you get to go around and punch monsters together with your friends, which, like, that's totally fine. I don't think that, I don't want to, like, cast dispersions on that. No, that's, like, a thing that to is do. not a wrong way to play an Because it's super RPG. fun and I enjoy doing it. But, like, if you are using it as a way to, like, try to build characters and make a story that you like and that you find personally satisfying, I think having out-of-game discussions about what you want the story to be is, like, just as useful as if you were, like, 
writing a story with like writing a screenplay yeah, with someone for sure you're not just gonna both be sitting there typing on the screenplay together and never have a moment where you like pause mm-hmm. and like talk outside of that screen you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and like, ca- character development i think happens both like out of game and in game and it's yeah. important not to disregard either of them and like, it happens continuously yes, yes. Uh-huh. definitely yeah well that's what and I like for me personally, like for all of your characters, I talk extensively with each of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all the time. Like whenever I plan an arc, I'm like, I'll send you questions. This situation, how would character like most? Like most the weirdest your- one was, how would your character feel if someone was flirting with you and, <laughs> and getting really, yeah, yeah like sexy. Yeah, like I had a character that w- one of the party members interacted with, and I'm like. They are a very flirty person with the end goal of that in mind, like actively pursuing that. Mm-hmm. So I went around to each character because I didn't know who was going to find her and be like, how would each character handle this? Just so like right. you guys had to think about it. And it wasn't just like someone comes up to you. It's like, let's sleep together. And you're like, um, um, right. Um. It's like a little bit awkward to like bring up with no preamble. <laughs> right. And that's right. the thing is like, if you did that to me in real life, I would struggle with my feelings of someone just yeah. like, what do I do? If it was someone I knew or, you know, like in yeah. that situation. And then like taking it as like, now you're abstracting a fragment of my personality into this RPG character. Yeah. And if well, you think of your character as like a map that's unfinished, it helps to like fill in, like yes. explore part of the map and then go to that spot on the map. That's you know? exactly what I was going to say. Cause nice. when you asked me that question, like I had to sit there and go, wait a minute, what would Mela, like how would she react to that? Right. Yeah. If that was a thing. And like, I know I started like typing and then I stopped for a while and I like thought about it and it is, uh, it, it's just like, it's another way to find out what your character wants. Mm-hmm. And who they are yeah and build on like what you've thought about before and go forward with the work that you've already done Mm -hmm. and just kind of like extrapolate from there yeah and it also like because like i definitely like when zach asked me about like how would franny react to someone like flirting with or like i don't i guess like kind of almost trying to seduce a little bit yeah i I said like i think it was seduce i think the question was how do you handle someone seducing you slash what is your sexuality like yeah because like i kind of i had a pretty good idea of what that was for franny like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that was not a surprising question to me or one that i didn't like i needed to think about that hard you also had a by the time i asked this question you had someone you were romantically interested in and no one else did that's true well actually i understood caitlin's or nix's sexuality she makes that kind of clear every bar <laughs> i didn't <laughs> like i remember we had that conversation with like i found out things about nix and it's like yeah don't you remember this happening in game and i was like Apparently, I was on Facebook at that moment. <laughs> Full disclosure, there was a character moment for, for Nyx, and I was on Facebook and missed something. But, no, but what I was going to say, though, is I don't want to do, like, spoilers on this episode, because this is going to come out before yeah. we yeah. do that, before that episode comes out. You gotta wait, like, another month before yeah. it comes out. <laughs> that was, it was good for Franny to see how he interacted, like, almost in competition with somebody, mm-hmm. and then, like... That was a lot of growing for, I think, Franny understanding how he thought of, like, other people in his group being people that he was, like, worried about mm-hmm. and, like, concerned for them yeah. in a different way. And so, like, it was a good character growth, like, episode mm-hmm. all around. Yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it. I was on the fence about doing that one for a long time. No, it was good. No, it was really good. It was really good. The, the last thing that I have that, I like, 
always go into character creation with make a friendly character. It doesn't need to be the friendliest person. And I'm not, I don't mean it as in like you need to be the Samwine's Ganji. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like the people in your party are your friends. Yeah. And you can fight with them and there are people you can like less. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. And like you can have tension. I have no problem with that. Or the, there can be people that hate each other in the group. But in general, you should not hate the other three, four, five people in your group. Yeah, really, I think that's, like, maybe one thing where, like, if you... I don't want to say it's, like, a rule because, like, maybe that's what you find compelling in a story is infighting between, like, your NP... Or between your player characters. there's some people who do, like, really like the, like, secret agenda game. Yeah, and, like, I think that can work, but I think you need to, like, tell your friends that are real-life friends that that's what you're doing and that it's going to be like a fun game where we troll each other Mm -hmm. because like it can be super frustrating both to run a game where there's like characters that do not get along because it Mm -hmm. and it can be really rewarding to run a game where characters don't get along if they start to get along eventually. Yeah. But if like it goes... Like Vagabonds. Yeah. yeah. Like Franny and Nyx, I think, is really, really good because they, like, disagree on a lot of things. But then when it comes down to it, there's stuff that they agree on. And then they have to, like, do the thing of, like, oh, yeah, like, I guess we are friends. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's, there's always going to be stuff that they disagree on, but ultimately... It's they're gonna fall in love and get married. (laughs) No. Hashtag fricks. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well nothing I say is gonna top fricks. No, wait, but what about Nanny? (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that one too. Oh my gosh. Just like the relationship would be, supposedly. Oh my gosh. Fricks nanny. Fricks nanny. Mm. Yep. But yeah, no, secret agenda games are good. Like, you can do them, but it shouldn't... I have only ever played them where, like, one or two people want secret agendas. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it's like being on a sinking ship. I feel like it, it, what you were saying, too, that, like, if you're gonna do that, the metagaming needs to be there just yeah, to make to sure everybody is okay with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I get what you're doing, in game, my character is frustrated, but I'm not frustrated at you yeah. out, out of game. It's real hard to keep those separate. Like, yeah. I know, I'm sure it can be done, but it's like, man, if this is like, I don't know. It just seems like Ooh. a bad idea to me. Like, when we were doing Star Wars and Evelyn and Kava were fighting all the time, it, it put some strain on me and Mandy. And, like, I don't think there was, like, any actual tension, but it's like, I felt bad after every episode. Yeah, like, it's I not felt like, like a bad friend. Yeah. It's like, it's not I just spent an hour point. and a half yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, at some point, I don't know, like, I think that can be compelling, but I think, I don't think that people fighting is a compelling story. I think that people l- growing from Resolving a fight is things. a compelling story. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's what we missed in Star Wars sometimes was like, there were fights that happened that never felt like. It felt like that fight was going to happen again, and then mm-hmm. again, and then again. Instead of the characters growing yeah. and changing because Instead of, of like Right. And I think this just ties back into how we started. It's like, have a character be dynamic and flexible. Right, right. You know, and like not they're... be like stubborn with what your character right. is, yeah. And with character creation, like, I think a good note to sum it up is like, you're not coming with a finished creation. Yeah. You're not doing characters from the ends of books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not having the final person who... F- who overthrows the evil empire, wins it, gets the girl at level one. Yeah. 
No, you're starting with Gangly Franny, or maybe someone not that bad, but you're starting with a Samwise or a Frodo who becomes someone who saves the realm, not who is someone who is actively saving it now. I don't think your character has to be like actually as clown shoes as Franny, but I think that your mindset has to be that little bit of like, if not from like realistically, like in in story, your character does not have to be like as like inexperienced as Franny, but I think that you have to kind of approach it with that same amount of flexibility that your character needs to be able to grow to like, not only because character growth is what makes a character interesting. Um, like you can't really just make an interesting character it's also built into the game. Yeah. So. It's like, it's built into the game and like, it's what makes the character rewarding in the end is having this, like making a person that is interesting to be, but it also like, if you are very rigid with your character, you will end up like with a party that needs like this nice circular character and you will inevitably be a square and just be like, meh, meh, gotta get it to fit. And it doesn't. Yeah. And then your party gets frustrated at you. Mm-hmm. If I was gonna make a checklist of like things to think about when you start your character, I would say strengths, because that's like the fun part mm-hmm. to play, right? But then I would also say like think of at least one flaw. Yeah. And it's like it's kinda like writing a book, like your character has to have flaws to be interesting and have room to grow. And it also drives, like, how you relate to other people. And then I think it's helpful, for me at least, to think about how would they, how do they talk to this sort of person? How do they deal with, like, shopping, you know? Oh, yeah, that's a valid point. And, like, I remember at the very big, like, especially when we started playing RPGs, I I would, like, write out, like, how do they respond to this sort of question? They do, they get defensive or they start talking a lot or they shut up, you know? Um, and just, just like go through like common scenarios that your party is going to find themselves in. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Like if you have to write out, how does my character react? And then if you have any other personality traits, like, um, quirks, they're (laughs) extroverted or they're cocky or whatever. And then I would add to that checklist relationships with the party. Yes. Mm hmm. Did you guys... Okay, so this is a little bit weird, because, like, I think I do a lot of similar things, but it's just, like, it's just, like, kind of weirder ways of doing it, I guess. Um, So, (laughs) like, (laughs) I definitely come up with flaws first. Like, I usually... My character is based around some weird flaw or something strange about them that I find either, like, funny or compelling or interesting, and I think it's going to make them a good character. Mm. Um... I would argue that I don't think what you come up with first are flaws always. You just view them that way. Because you viewed Franny's devotion as a flaw, where I feel like that's actually Franny's strength. Well, Franny's... The root of Franny's character, like, what I initially came up with was not that he was, like, like had a lot of faith. It was that he is a... He's a paladin, but he can't read... Like, he just does not even... Well, originally it was he's a paladin that's worshipping an evil god. Like, so he's a good person, and he just happened to accidentally pick up the book of Satan and was like, yay, I'm this thing now. And he's a good person because, like, most people are good people and are, like, their morality's inherent. Um, But, so then, like, I usually end up then coming up with a character voice for that. Like, that just happens pretty naturally for me. And then, like, I don't know, I just, like, talk to myself a lot in character voice. Like, 
a lot. Like, I'm just, like, driving in the car, mumbling to myself as Franny. Like. I was about to say, for Crystal Heart, I spent a lot of time talking to myself in the car, introducing my character in different voices yeah. to figure out what was going to stick. Yeah, because I would, like, you know, it's, like, sort of that same thing of, like, how would you react to this thing? Yeah. Like, writing it down, I would just, like, say it, talk yes. to yeah. NPCs in my head. Uh-huh. You know, like a crazy person does, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So I, I've done that. I've... I was doing that today, actually, just <laughs> not for Crystal Heart, but for Voyage of Vagabonds, like thinking about like, oh, if this scene happened, like, what would Nyx do? And what yeah. would she say? And how would she play it? That sort of thing. Yep. So I definitely that was, do that. That was my confession for the day. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I follow the flaw idea so much as like just coming up with one thing and then running with it. I don't necessarily think that's a good idea. Like the, the good idea for everyone. It works for me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying like, like that's that for me is at least what I go with. Cause like for Kava, we never got to this point, but for Kava, it was, she's a force sensitive person who doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, uh, Mela at this, uh, when I first started, it was, she is starting from the absolute ground up. She's got like the super basics of being a druid, but she doesn't know anything. So yours is more about like knowledge, like what you know, what you don't know. It versus seems to like be what that, you can yeah. do and what you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's, that's true. Yeah. Cause that was like a lot of good, like role playing came from that and like, I don't know. I don't want to just say the good role playing is always funny, but like I remember like the part where, like just randomly we were like made a joke about like how I like told you that vampires like are things that come and suck your blood if you like don't, don't make, make your bed. bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's such like a cute like little innocent thing for like those two characters to be mm-hmm. like kind of like that would be a story that like you know you'd get told by like your grandma trying to scare you into doing mm-hmm. something and like we'd both be like sitting there as little kids like oh no the vampires are coming because we didn't make our beds. It was like a way to get like them to do chores, but that's entirely informed by like. Them being kind of inexperienced characters, them having an almost siblingy relationship, yeah. So I, I think all of that was possible because of good character creation up front. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy with our character creation. I think it's fun. So any kind of wrap up we want to do for this? Keep wandering. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with the wrap up for cre- character creation, but well, I think Caitlin's checklist summed it up pretty well. I think that was really for good. sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can do better than that is what I'm saying. (laughs) Why, thank you. Follow the checklist. (laughs) Follow the checklist, and if possible, make a character voice, because it does help. It does. (laughs) Although sometimes you stay in character voice inappropriately long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. That's it for Game Renoop this week. Uh, Next week, it'll be another arc of something, depending on when this comes out. That is very true. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.